Hello. Hi. You are tuned into Synchronicity Podcast. Welcome back. We are here to serve, guide, and navigate these crazy waters that we call life together here at Synchronicity. Uh, we are Nicole and Megan. Thank you for being here with us. Yeah. Where it's always a wild, wild adventure. <laughs> We always talk about what's new in the world, kind of what we're curious about, what we're fearful of, like collecting information and hearing just the world around us and kind of what's going on. So we're in it with you. We talk about a lot of different things. Um, if you are an OG, welcome back. If you are a new person and you haven't listened to us before, make sure that you subscribe so that you get notifications when we decide to uh upload a new podcast because we're both Gemini's so it's never regular so if you subscribe then you'll know when we drop them we're getting better (laughs) but welcome and thanks for being here hi and welcome back to season two of synchronicity podcast it's your host Nicole and and Megan (laughs) we're here today with Sean we are so excited to have him today because we were just on his podcast and it's gonna be good he's he promised us earlier he's going to bring it. So here it is. Um, without further ado, we'll let Sean introduce himself and we'll get this episode kicked off. Yeah, right on. Uh, my name's Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, trip sitter, psychedelic guide, spiritual guide, wellness entrepreneur, uh, former float center owner, founder, operator, father, Pisces, um, Claire Senti and Claire Cognizant. Um, my favorite color is green. And um, uh, I mean, we've we've been talking for like 20 minutes already. We should have just started the recording button 20 minutes should ago. I? Yeah. But um, yeah, I, uh, I also have the Optimal Performance Podcast, which I had you two lovely ladies on just recently. And mm-hmm. um, it, it struck me because honesty, openness, transparency, and advocacy for consciousness is a big deal and we are definitely on the same team there and um i'm i'm an open book nothing's out of bounds everything's everything's open for conversation because i think it's the we need it so wherever you want to go deep water let's go i love pisces no boundaries and let's go into deep water there we go (laughs) yeah very fitting All right, Sean. So why don't you tell us about your, uh, I want to know about your first psychedelic experience, how old you were, what was it? How did it go? Yeah, I was at, uh, it was college. It was, uh, my first year in college, freshman year, some dudes down the hallway had some psilocybin and, um, I was a really good boy in high school, like didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't really party. I was like captain of this and ASB president. And I was just a good boy. And so I really sort of waited to smoke weed until college, to drink until college. And it was always interesting to me, but the first experience was with psilocybin. I have no idea the dosage that I took, you know, because at that time it was just like, here is a handful of stuff and let's go walk through campus. And I was like, let's go. So the where I went to school at Western Washington University is built on this hillside among the trees. There's this place called the Arboretum, which is, you know, something like 65 acres of, of forest. It's a really beautiful place of the world, um, just south of the uh, U.S.-Canada border here in the Pacific Northwest. And... So we, me and three guys I hardly knew, uh, took 
took what I would assume now is probably three and a half to maybe four grams of uh, dried. And um, we just laughed and giggled our way through the woods. I made a, a point to kind of go off on my own. You know, I was enjoying their company, but I was really enjoying myself more. I was enjoying my consciousness more than the, you know, chit chat about South Park. Like I, I, it was cool and fun and giggly, but I really wanted to go, to go deeper. And so I, I went off by myself for, you know, what seemed like a week and a half, but it was probably, you know, three, four hours traipsing through the woods and just like zoned out, you know, oscillating between looking up into the, into the, the moonlight coming through the trees to, um, you know, connecting with nature in a really deep way. You know, the shoes came off, the socks came off. I laid in the, you know, laid in the bushes and, and thought about my life and thought about the world and consciousness. And I thought about, um, uh, the the profundity of this unique experience, this this really deep altered state, and and because I had a, a history of meditation, you know, my my folks taught me uh, TM when I was twelve um, to kind of chill me out and slow me down because I'm you know pretty high energy dude. Um, I had this awareness to not get overly excited about things, um, to not go to not go dark. Um, not that that's bad, you know, bad trips are good. In my opinion, hard trips are good, but I was, I was, I was uh, prepared for the, the experience to flow in a really natural way and to not be so caught up uh, and not get into the looping that happens so frequently with first time psilocybin users, you know, thinking about your test next week and thinking about just, you know, over and over these, these ideas that, that, that happen for so many people. So it was this really lovely free flowing experience where, you know, I, I came to appreciate a level of, of, of interconnectedness that I had experienced in meditation, but in a very, very much deeper and different way through psilocybin. So that was, that was my first, that was my first psychedelic experience. And that was followed shortly by a really incredible LSD experience that summer, um, somewhat later at this little tiny music festival uh, on a river with 200 people and psychedelic jam bands and black lights and costumes and Jimbe drums till the sun came up. Um, I was all in. I was I was all in. I understood the importance of it. I felt um, you know, I felt a connectedness to to the world around me, a deeper connection and an understanding of myself. And I never looked back. That was, you know, um that was in 2000, 2001. And since then have been an advocate and proponent of uh of psychedelic use in various forms and now it's part of part of what i do and um i couldn't couldn't be happier about it i just can imagine like one shoe the other shoe like just going for it like it's so funny yeah. because it's such a so many people will say like the first time it's like i just want to take my shoes off and put my feet on the ground oh. or lay on the ground or touch the flowers or it's always something when they're in nature it's it's always that it's it's just so like i am here i am one with earth i always want to be in water mm. yeah 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 it's a thing yeah um so in those like experiences like with lsd and with music i think it's really interesting to talk about connecting music with these experiences 
And as you, you know, you have mentioned you're a trip sitter and you work, you know, you work in this. Do you find that music helps those who have just started into this kind of calm that nervous system and not drop into those loops of just like you were saying, like that perpetuating cycle? Because I think so many people out there, like they just go for it, right? But they don't have a lot of times the tools to get out of a situation that is not necessarily bad, but it's like that mind just loops. Yeah. I I actually don't like music when I, when I sit for folks. And, and part of that is because, um, a, it's hard to cultivate a list that doesn't have some other sort of psychological connection. So if I play the Beatles for somebody, they're going to think about their mother. If I play, dark side of the moon, they're going to think about the wizard of Oz. If I play Yanni or Chopin or, you know, Gregorian chant, there are so many different connections that people have psychologically to those sounds. And, and what, even if it's really subtle, even if they went to church once as an 11 year old, and there was some chanting going on, they're going to correlate this, this experience in altered states of consciousness to that thing. And, and, and for me, it frames that experience in a way that, that I think I prefer. And then I've had success with people keeping it really neutral, make your own music, you know, drum on a tree stump, um, you know, um, whistle to yourself, hum to yourself, sing to yourself. I think that there's, there's such a, there's such a great value in keeping the experience as neutral as possible so that the, so that the, the, the user can actually go deeply into something without trying to do what our normal brainwave states do, which is connect this thing with that thing and that thing with 17 other things and ultimately end up at tacos because that's what our brains do. And then you're four hours in obsessing about like tacos. And it came from this Gregorian chant track that, you know, you listen to on hour two or three. So what I think is, is, is more interesting. And I think more valuable is to practice some of these tools before the, the experience, you know, if you find yourself looping, if you're obsessing over this one thought, you know, put your hand on your heart and do, you know, a physiological sigh a breath work you know do some breath to kind of bring yourself back down and now as as folks are coming down um you know toward the you know last maybe hour as they become maybe more chatty or they want to start talking about what they've experienced or they want to start to you know kind of get into the integration that short integration of like okay I'm coming back to reality I've learned a bunch of lessons and I have this sitter with me and I want to talk about like my life my kids my family my traumas um that that's that's a better time in my opinion to to play some music so I do have people choose some music I also have some tunes, you know, there's like the, uh, the Roland Griffiths track list that, 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 um, other people have cultivated and you can go online and find other people's like trip albums for what they like to listen to. Um, but, but, but even then you're in a delicate state of mind. And if you listen to the Doobie brothers, you know, because you really love the Doobie brothers, but you're still, you're kind of in that in that state of consciousness, you're sort of still in your experience. And then the Doobie brothers come in, you're going to have 40 different thoughts about 
the Doobie Brothers and and what that means to you in your in your history. So, what I like to play is you know non typical, you know no no lyrics music. Now that said, listening to the band Altered States of Funk, you know after three hits of Shatter in the woods on a river for my first LSD experience was incredibly novel, totally immersive. And, and I think a very different experience, you know, that was, that was, that was fun, right? That was, I wasn't doing, or at least I didn't think that I was doing deep spiritual work during that, that, that first LSD LSD experience. But of course I was, because we're all doing this work all the time and everything that we do. So I think that there's a time and a place for music, you know, it goes into set and setting, but, you know, to the, to the answer of, you know, how I like to do it with, with my clients. I think that's, that's really like where I, how I treat it. Yeah. It's, um, we usually do sound bowls. That's our go-to because you can't really connect it with anything else. And it's, you know, you're working in the chakras and I was actually cracking up my last mushroom ceremony because i was like okay bowl lading bowl like ladies enough sacral chakra like what is ah. happening like ah. i balance things like you know especially when there's like masculine and feminine in a room you're just like uh like you can't hit the yellow bowl the <laughs> yeah <laughs> like this is a little bit uncomfortable but yeah no i i i really agree with that uh because music it's just like smell triggers a lot of memories. And the last right. thing you want to do is, you know, have have unfortunate memories come up. Happy ones are great, but I, I agree with the coming down. I have like a whole list of stuff I play like the next day during integration. And that's like my sure. happy list of when I get in kind of a funk. I put on like my <clears throat> post-trip music because you're still, your brain's still in a very happy place. And it, you know, you go back into that state, or at least I do when I do them. So yeah. Um, what was your worst psychedelic experience or like, I shouldn't say worst, but the, um, you know, kind of got slapped in the face as we all do sometimes with, <laughs> with, with consciousness and with, um, what these plant medicines are capable of. Yeah. Well, there was, there was a, there was a couple really hard ones and, and they're, they're very different. You know, before we turned the recording button on, I was telling you about my first ayahuasca weekend and uh, I I went in uh, to the weekend having been told by my wife that she was pregnant with our first child, like two days before, um, which is a lot anyway, <laughs> to go, to go, you know, take a ferry out to an Island to sit with 40 strangers and three, you know, Shipibo shaman to just, you know, get my ass kicked. Um, but I, 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 I stuck really hard to the diet. The experience was, was incredible. It was challenging. I had past life regression. I had shared visions with my, the people around me. I mean, I, I witnessed some incredible things. I, uh, with my eyes open, it was at the end of night three, as I was absolutely depleted of salt completely. I did three weeks without salt. And then we did two um, sweat sessions in this incredible little like earthbound hut. And we just sweated. I was in there for way, I don't know, way too long. Everything, everything matters, but I was in there long. I sweated everything out. So Sunday night I was talking with this dude hearing what his thoughts were and his experience, sharing mine, feeling really good. And then all of a sudden I started to feel a little bit woozy and, um, 
felt myself go out, passed out, and woke up with the two shamans standing over the top of me saying, Sean, come on back, Sean, come on back. And I and realized that my knee uh, had been massively damaged. I got a bone bruise, just buckled underneath me. And then having to navigate, you know, the, the recovery after that with the f- intention on Friday night of healing, healing was the intention. And I sure got my opportunity to heal by damaging my knee on the, on the third night. So that was an interesting experience with, with the universe to, to teach me that lesson very, pr- in a very practical way. Um, one, one of the, one of the scariest, uh, two other kind of hard ones. One was about, uh, this was probably, you know, oh, I don't know, 25 or 30 ayahuasca evenings. And, um, I was in sort of a, I was in a low state, you know, I was, I was tired, you know, I was just doing, doing my thing. And I would just felt like super, well, I'll, I'll be very vivid. So, um, I'm, I'm in this, like, um, you know, galactic playground with all these entities. Um, think of like Tim Burton's, you know, like Beetlejuice universe, you know, with like worms coming up and castles and this like dark carnival sort of experience and um, neon colors and entities coming up and and checking in with me and, you know, trying to be friends and, and me saying, you know, I have tools for engaging man, I'm going to come across as such a weirdo, but this is who I am. Yeah. Wait, good or good or bad entities. Cause they can be both Were they dark both. or light. Both. Okay. Yeah. Both. And, and so, so the, you know, the tools that I've developed is, you know, to, to ask them like, are you good? And then to wait for their answer, to understand whether, whether or not they're good or not. Some just ignored the question. Some said, you know, fuck you. And then they would take off. So watching this carnival scene and there's this like hedge as part of this like castle. And I see this like, butt of this gargoyle thing, like kind of peeking out, uh, the, 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 at the end of the hedge and it caught my eye and I knew that there wasn't, there was an entity there. And so I peeked at it and then I looked away and I sort of, you know, was like, Oh yeah, we're cool. We're, we're good. We're good. But I kept looking back to this thing. So I walk over and I turn around to look behind the hedge to see this thing. And in that moment, this, gargoyle with like an Anubis head, like is on me and and in me and on me. And he says, it's you and me. Now we're here together forever. We're going to do great work. We're going to be great friends. This is it. It's you and me forever now. And I said, well, are you good? And he said, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. And that was enough for me to kind of like accept the fact that I had connected and allowed in this, this entity. And just in that moment where I realized that I fucked up, um, I get my name called to come up to the mat. And so I go up and sit and the shaman says, uh, you know, how you doing, Sean? And I was like, I got something on me. And he's like, I can see it. And I said, uh, I, I don't think it's good. And he's like, it's not. And then, you know, and then so, uh, so, uh, buying, so, uh, so, uh, buying, like cleaning, 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 cleaning me up detaching me from this thing after this effectively. And he's like, don't let that guy back in. Like he's got no business. Like I, I, I got rid of him, but you know, don't invite him back. And I said, okay. So after this, after ceremony, drinking tea, hanging out, I I walked up to the shaman and I said, Hey, what was that thing? And he named it. He said, that was so-and-so. And I said, what did it look like to you? 
and 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 this was kind of a a, a a really important moment in my in my relationship with ayahuasca uh he described it exactly as it was like he's like kind of squatty you know thick like compact dark aggressive like sort of like an angular like egyptian godhead and i was like yes that's exactly and he's like yeah that's so and so he pops up from time to time you've got some work to do around why that thing likes you um but i got rid of it just don't let it back in um so that that was that was a really that was a that was a hard night and a, and a hard realization the other the other one is was was harder in a different way this was you know again i i kind of lost track of counting how many times but this was you know this is maybe 75 or 85 sessions in i was going through a really hard time in my business i had been sued by my founding partner in my float center business he was suing me for on, on terrible grounds like just the most ridiculous stuff but he was coming for everything he wanted my house he wanted my car i, you know, I had two babies at home he was he was being aggressive, like really, really dark, really, really dark state. So I was doing my thing and I became aware of my power. And in session, in week, in, in night number two of, you know, ho however many weekends I had gone, I became to realize that I had a, I had the power to affect him negatively, psychically. And, and I've been aware of my Claire abilities for a long time, but I had this moment like, I could really like ruin this dude with my mind starting now. And I came to this awareness of this dark power that lives inside of all of us. And I was like this close to like turning into Voldemort, like this close. That's and why the demon thought, liked you. FYI. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Like, Oh, this guy, this guy, you know, could be a bruja if he were in another time or another place. Well, incorrect. As we all can, but yeah. Right, exactly. And we and it's important to know that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm like literally considering fucking this guy up psychically, who used to be a friend and a business owner, um, partner of mine. And um, I was like at this sort of precipice moment of like, if I go here, I might not be able to come back and do what I agreed to do as part of my soul contract. Like this doesn't seem right. This is just going to feel really good to fuck with this guy. And so I, I fell apart. Like I fell apart. I started mm -hmm. weeping. Uh, I started writhing. Um, and at the same time felt my energy. Like <clears throat> I felt like I had grown to 20 feet tall. I was, I was a beast. I was a absolute beast. And again, in that moment, I said, I need some help. You know, this is in the middle of ceremony. And I obviously I had the wherewithal to wait until this person was done being sung to like she had her moment, but it was like, I'm almost like hanging on by a thread here. I'm about to turn into this like dark Lord, like somebody help me. And so then they call me up and they're like, what's going on? And I was like, I'm about to make a big mistake and I need a little bit of help here. And so the two shaman worked on me and without getting into the details, obviously about what they said or what they did or what, what, what plant medicines, what master plants they pulled in or called on to work on me. I, I had a turning point, turning point moment where I, I made the conscious choice to honor my path on this life. Because I think that I'm, I've left lots and lots of money on the table in my businesses and in my, in my life 
because I, I want to do the right thing. I want to do it the right way with authenticity and, and virtue. I want to be unfuckwithable, right? <clears throat> I want to, I want to be, um, and continue to be in my integrity all the time. And that moment <clears throat> allowed me an opportunity to really face the real reality that in, in a, in a, in a split second that can flip to not be in my integrity and to, you know, go to the dark side and join Darth Vader over there. Um, so that was that. Yeah. I've been talking for a long time, but that was, that was hard, but also really important in my psychedelic journeys. Do you remember what your intention was in that? Ceremony? For that weekend? Mm-hmm. It was, it was to work on that relationship. Yeah. It was to, it was to let go of, of the, the disdain hatred maybe is not the right word. Cause I don't, I didn't feel that for him, but I was working. It was, it was in the middle of this 18 month law the lawsuit that preoccupied every dinner conversation, all every moment of every day of my life for a year and a half while I was still running the business and raising two little babies. So the intention was to figure this thing out. And so that was like the fulcrum point. Well, and it's interesting. Um, Are you familiar at all with astrology? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. So Pisces rules the unconscious mind, right? But it rules what we cannot understand or comprehend. So it becomes the darkness and the light. So essentially um, Messiah energy or the you become consumed with darkness. That's why it rules addiction, but it also rules spiritualism, God, any, any of those kind of understandings of any of that. So um, Pisces always have this trial of light and dark and the battle that goes on inside of them uh, and the choice that they make. When you often see people that are possessed and things like that, they have Pisces energy because you guys are so multidimensional. You have one foot in the other plane and one foot in this plane. Um, and they, it's why they have the hardest time being human is because they don't fully understand why we have to be here and present because part of them mm. is never. Uh, and it, it, it's, it's a, that's a wild story, but the, the, the choice, again, we all have gifts and we, this actually just came up in, um, our family recently that she did a past life reading and she'd misused her gifts. Um, and it, you know, she's having to atone for that in this life. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, we all have choice we can do. It's all oneness. You know, there's bad people in the world, but the bad people show us the good. Um, and, you know, realizing that it's all oneness and we all have that choice. So to be able to see ourselves in that darkness, but to make the conscious choice. Yeah. And I love that you did that so so consciously and asked for help when you needed it because so many people stay in their darkness and don't ask for help. And that's key because when the light steps in, the darkness cannot stay, uh, you know, and that's guilt, that's shame, anything that lies in shadow and cannot be talked about when brought to light or when light reaches its hand in, it disappears. It cannot survive in light but they are one and the same. You can't have one without the other. Um, so, wow. Like how, how poetic in a way of like your journeys. I love those. Uh, mm. that's, that's intense as fuck though. Dude, Dude. that's oh, fucking man. intense. I was, I was, I was moments away from, from psychically attacking this person and yeah. knowing that it was going to ruin him knowing that I had the power to do that. 
And, and if, and, and a lot of people, anybody who says that they don't have darkness in them is dangerous because if you can't acknowledge that you're capable of it, then you are deluding yourself and that that's dangerous to everybody, you know? Um, and so to be able to be able for me, four and a half hours into the, you know, the depths of this ayahuasca, this powerful ayahuasca experience to like face this part of me, this beast that lives in me that still does, that's still there Mm -hmm. was, was a, was a profound moment that I think a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do. So instead they're like mean to waiters, you know, they're, and right. They're like mean to waiters and right. And, and, and they, and they treat people kind of shitty because they just, that's, they don't, they don't acknowledge like what aspect of them that that is playing out there. So yeah. Yeah. You've got to know it. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. And we were so funny. We were having this conversation in the day and I'm like, dude, I know my darkness is so fucking dark, but it's equal to my light. And I know the deeper that I meet myself in that darkness, the brighter my light gets because darkness can't fuck with me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I see you. I I fucking see you not interested. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's being able to see it because for so long, a lot of us go through that unconscious phase and, we, and that's when we're just shitty humans and we're learning all the lessons, but it's showing us our darkness. And then we get to yeah. step into our light, but then also like darkness can't touch us. Cause it's the acceptance of like, yeah, I've been there and it's, it, it, you make it look fun, but it is not fun. Mm. Not fun. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I've seen demons in some of the, the things that I've experienced and, uh, so ugly. They're fucking crazy looking. Mm. So ugly. Mm. Fucking scary. Cr- and it is terrifying. It's scary. It is so ugly. It is. But so, so many people collapse into them. Because they're, they, yeah. they let the fear consume them. And I remember consciously having to push back the fear and be like, it, you do not have power here was in it. It's yeah. For, for those of you, but it, it shouldn't, I don't want to scare you with these kinds of stories because honestly it was so much more empowering than it was um, detrimental to my psyche because just being aware of that, those things exist. I still wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wrap myself in a light bubble. They can't touch me going back to bed. Like it it, it becomes so simple to yeah. protect yourself from these things, but you have to be aware of them first and then they hold no power. Uh, it's yeah. the unconscious that are really susceptible. Um, but yeah, no, I, I also love like the shamans are like, like that the shit they do is so wild. Yeah. Like, how yeah. did you just make that noise? And I know you did something yeah. magical, but like, what did you just do to me? <laughs> like, yeah. what is happening? Um, but that's why it's also really important to have shamans and not brujas. Yes. Uh, because there's a lot of that happening nowadays, and yeah, bad shit gets in and they want it to. They're actually inviting it in. Uh, cause you know, whether people choose to admit it or not, we're in a spiritual battle and there are shamans and people that don't make the choice that Sean did to step back into the light and ask for help. And, uh, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to get involved with those people, especially when you're in the other world dimension, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but what was parasites? Yeah, no, for real, really, really, really trust your inner compass. And I, and I say this 
with so much knowing of not trusting my intercompass with mentors, with coaches, with shamans, with with everything in your life. Anytime I have not listened to that inner compass and I let my mind talk me out of things, I get into trouble. And these people can do more damage than has already been done to you because you're opening yourself up to them. And mm-hmm. it's just in that kind of vulnerability, just make sure you're leading with your heart and making decisions out of your heart because it knows your brain is dumb compared to your heart. Um, well, I think it's, I think it's really important. Like Sean had talked about when you saw that entity that like you knew it attached and then the shaman was also able to tell you exactly like almost verbatim. Right. And I think so many, if, if those of you that are out there have never tried Aya, it's so important piggyback on what Megan's saying. The shaman is in your bubble. The shaman Mm -hmm. knows Mm -hmm. what is happening and you have to know and be okay with what is happening because they're going to ask you, or they're going to say, Hey, like, do you need help? Like what is happening? But you have to reach out because they're seeing everything that you're seeing. And so it is this safety bubble. You are safe in this. Um, but so much is happening right now, especially here in the U.S. Like people are brewing ayahuasca in their like basement or in their kitchen and they are not generational shamans. They have not worked with this plant medicine for, you know, a very long time. Um, and it's that to mess with. That's when really bad shit happens because those yeah. people cannot hold space for you. They cannot see what you're seeing. They are they not detach demons. Detached. Yeah. They can't do cool yeah. things like that. <laughs> it's no, it's yeah. Well, so being very aware of these, where you're finding these people, because who you also let serve you, Aya, and, you know, let into your space is yes. huge because they, Sacred. you know, they may not necessarily be the ones, you know, yeah, okay, you might see this entity, but they may not be able to see it, or they may be putting these entities in you. And like, I know right. that sounds like some really scary shit, but it's real. It happens. And yeah. there's a lot of dark people and a lot of darkness in this world right now. And like piggybacking on what you two are saying, like, yes, we have a lot of darkness, but we have a lot of light as well. And like, do your research when you go and sit with these plants because they're so sacred and they're so they're so powerful and it's just, it's just yeah. really important to know that you are safe though, when you sit with the right people. Yeah. There, there are, I think everybody should be very careful of guruizing the people that they're working with and to, to elevate them to this level of all seeing, all knowing master. Um, they're people too. And right. regardless of their history or experience, like, it changes the relationship and the access to the profundity of the actual medicine if you put these people in guru status because th- then it it it, uh, it undercuts the p- the potential and i and i and i see it very closely i see it very closely in the communities that i've worked with for a long time is these very talented very gifted very experienced healers that work with ayahuasca are placed on these pedestals by people who are looking for help and they get the help and then they give it all up to X person. And it, that's super disempowering. And, and to know that we're all doing our work and some people are more experienced and, and the, you know, the really, the really capable shaman and healers, curanderos, tabacieros, ayahuasqueros, they, um, they're doing their best and 
not to get caught up in the romance of this sort of healer archetype, this magician archetype, because um, it's going to, it's going to affect you tremendously. And to your point, yes. Oh my God, please don't drink ayahuasca that your friend bought on the internet and brewed in the basement. You're, you're literally playing with something that will compromise your soul that will compromise the souls of your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children. It is that serious. It is, yes. it is that serious. It is. You're, it you're, is. you're, you're, you're messing around with things that are, that are that, that are that powerful that they will, they will literally compromise your non-physical body forever. So yeah. be aware. Way worse than a Ouija board. Well, Way worse. and also <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say this because I saw this on Cheddar News the other day that the pharmaceuticals made the first ayahuasca pill. Mm. Um, please, I cannot stress this enough. Stay the fuck away from that. It is such a sacred <laughs> It, it's it that that is such that it's like basically the antichrist they're trying to fuck with people's souls i have flown mm-hmm. these people that own these companies they are not of the light in fact they're trying to steal as many souls as they can they know how powerful these plants are if you're sitting at home taking ayahuasca you are susceptible to so much shit so mm-hmm. much shit and, you know, a good example of that is what happened to Sean. You do not want to be alone when you're in that situation. And no. you could easily get into that situation and who the fuck knows what they're putting in those pills. So yeah. when the pharmaceuticals start coming out with stuff, run. Uh, don't do that. Don't do them. Don't they're do not it. they're not done in light. They're n- there's nothing pure or good about what they're doing. Um and the energy and the frequency that something is made in is very, very important. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to, this is going to get so fuck. It's, it's going to get so fucking crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the pharmaceutical companies are making ayahuasca pit. I almost fell over. I was like, Nicole, what is happening? <laughs> um, but we're going to see it and you're going to have a choice. And the choice is, you know, have a demon sitting on your chest or to step into the light and actually like go to shamans and light workers. I'll say words overused, but you know, people that are actually in this game for others versus for self-gratification and making essentially the human race a slave race. Um, but it, 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 it's, it's just, things are getting crazier by the day but coming back to your story what is the the most beautiful thing you've ever had happen in a Mm. plant medicine ceremony because those stories are more fun um but (laughs) you know i I mean you gotta have light and dark well it's true because i've had both but man that the light ones are fun i love hearing yeah yeah um it's man it's so tough to it's so tough to pick one i mean i've had i've had beautiful experiences i've had fun you know uh i'll just kind of stream of consciousness um one of the most one of the most profound and interesting uh experiences i had was i went into a weekend with the intention of doing work on my family tree you know um i was thinking a lot about my father aging 
I was thinking a lot about my grandfather, who was a prisoner of war in World War II. I was thinking about my role as a father. I was thinking about my son and, you know, my future grandchildren, um, grandsons specifically, you know, sort of paternal lineage. And so, you know, I, I did, um, you know, I, I saw, <laughs> this is going to sound bananas, but you guys are used to this. Um, <laughs> uh, as I'm doing this work and I'm thanking my ancestors and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this work for me, but I'm also doing this work for you. Um, you know, thank you for giving me life. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to, to do this healing. Um, you know, all the alcoholism, all the trauma, all the poverty, all the, uh, all the darkness that goes back, you know, um, back to on my, on my father's side and my mother's side and also back to Ireland, um, you know, slavery and poverty and starvation and all these things that these people just, they fought through so that I could be here and to do this work and, and acknowledging the opportunity that I had. And so I'm thinking about this and, um, I'm, feel a presence with me. And again, because I've done this for such a long time, I, you know, I have a way of sort of figuring out what it is or who it is or what their intentions are. And this was not one of my guides, you know, I'm very close with, with the the five guides that I work most closely with. It wasn't any masters or, or any sort of like, you know, nature divas or anything like that. Um, it was this, you're smiling because you're like, dude, this guy. No, I, I uh, love the, I love I've never heard divas. them being called nature divas. I just love that. It was yeah. Funny. So I'm like, there's this, there's this, like, there's this male energy around me and it was like, you know, very stoic, you know, very, very calm, very chill, just sort of like watching, you know, just like present with me, but non-judgmental, just like, just observing. And I was trying to, to connect with this, this this presence that was, that was masculine again, very stoic and it wasn't getting very much. And I was just like, you know, what can you teach me? What can I teach you? Um, thank you for being here. I don't really know you. Do you know me? Like what's going on here? Like you're cool. I'm just kind of curious. And I got almost nothing. And then kind of towards the end of this, 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 the depths of this, this night, um, as I'm like, you know, this is probably hour four and a half, five, you know, kind of towards the end, right. As I'm sort of coming down from the peak of the experience, um, the, the energy of this being that was, uh, that was right in front of me just sort of like softened a little bit, like, um, like I felt like a level of acceptance or maybe like a level of understanding and this like stoic, like n- n- not hot or cold, not dark or light, just like right in the middle kind of like softened into like acknowledgement. And I thought, well, that's unusual. Uh, this person, this, this being didn't, didn't really want to talk to me or commune with me. It was just kind of chilling here. And, um, but it felt good and it felt productive. Um, and then I, I walk out to, um, I walk out of the yurt, you know, before people kind of go in to, to drink tea and, you know, sort of commune and fellowship after, after ceremony, I go and grab my phone and check the time. And there's a text from my father and the text says, Hey, um, I've got a book. The only book that your grandfather was given while he was a prisoner of war in Frankfurt, when he was shot down in world war II, I have his only book that he was able to read with me um, do you want it? And I thought, well, that's fucking crazy. 
I said, uh, uh, I'm like looking at the timestamp of when he sent this text message and thinking back to about the time where I had this entity with me, stoic, and and I'm convinced that it was my great grandfather. I think it was Francis's father. My my great my grandfather's name is Francis McCormick, the prisoner of war. Um, he he died when I was uh, I don't know seven or so. And the and so I I woke up in the morning and I called my dad and I was like, you know that I'm you know I'm at a ayahuasca weekend. You're not going to believe what my intention was for this weekend. And you really won't believe the presence that I felt uh, at the time that you texted me at, you know, 1130 on a Saturday night, which is like late for my dad. So I I came to understand through meditation and sort of integration afterward that it was it was my great grandfather and he was trying to figure this thing out. He was like, what are we doing here? You know, I don't, I don't know what this isn't like the druidic, you know, pagan stuff probably True. that is from that is most familiar with my family tree, the sort of Celtic mm-hmm. lineage of, um, you know, Cernunos and, you know, these, these, these forest creatures and elves and, you know, leprechauns, like this was something different. This was like yeah. tropical, like, so it was like this, trying this, like this understanding of my back into my family tree that my, you know, my great grandfather was like present with and trying to figure out. So that was, that's one example of a good one. Um, another, another one, and I'll be brief with this one, but I, we were drinking a, we were drinking, we had a sort of a guest shaman, this guy named Joe Tafor. Uh, he's a, a medical doctor out of Arizona. Um, the, um, the way of the condor, I think, is the name of his, of the church that he's organized. He's a, he's a medical doctor trained in the U.S., but he's also like Lakota, um, like certified. I don't know what the right word is. Initiated into Lakota medicine work and also Shipibo medicine work. And he was pouring a brew that was really heavy in a jungle chai. I don't know if it was Pinon Blanco or Ajo Sacha, but it had a lot of mescaline in it. So it was very visual, extremely oh. visual. And this yeah. was like how he liked to do his thing. And you can find him. Um, he wrote a book, uh, Brotherhood of the River. I think the name is the name of the title of his book. He's still doing a lot of work in advocacy and in psychedelic mm-hmm. medicines. He'd be a great guest too. Uh, I've had him on the podcast before, on my podcast. Yeah, we it's, would love to have him. That's, yeah. that's He's phenomenal. So he, so, so what he was pouring was this like really heavy, heavy mescaline. Um, and so it was very visual and I'm obviously I'm very visual in my, in my psychedelic experiences anyway. And as soon as he started singing, I was in another realm Mm. and there was this like intergalactic dance party happening in a (laughs) ziggurat, like a stepped ziggurat, like a, you know, like a pyramid with steps. Yeah. That's that's very Mayan. Mexico yeah. era. Yeah. The, all right. the, yeah. Chichen Itza. Right. Okay. So I'm like, I'm in it and I'm looking up and I'm looking around and there's like, you know, uh, bird headed female humanoids and, you know, balls of green light be bopping around and, you know, ghost sort of ghostly entities, but it was like a jam session. It was like this amazing party and and when i walked in like everybody looked and they're like he's here he's here like 
come on in, come on in. And I was like, whoa, what? Like, and I, and I go in and I'm just like, okay, cool. Guess we're just going to do this. This is going to be the experience tonight. So I'm like dancing around with these, you know, if you, if you think of like the Egyptian uh, deities, you know, they have these like human bodies with, with animal, animal heads. Yeah. A a lot of that energy, a lot of like serpents, a lot of reptiles, frogs and lizards and bufos and, and, and it was, that was the night, the whole night, like chit chatting and communing with these, with these entities and asking them questions and them asking me questions and, you know, it's, you know, sometimes verbalizing and sometimes, you know, telepathically, even with my eyes open, you know, they were present in the yurt with us. And I, it got to be so intense in my experience that I felt like, man, I don't want to impose on the other people's experience tonight. Like I'm over here having this intergalactic dance party. I don't want to like impose that on the other people who may be dealing with like childhood trauma or, you know, meth addiction who are like 20 feet away. So I had to like Mm. kind of quietly dance like on my butt in my yurt or on, on my mat. But it was, that was, it was literally the whole night was that experience. And, 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 and it, it it was, it wasn't like, I didn't get profound teachings. I didn't get necessarily like profound downloads. I just was, I was transported very really, I was very, really actually transported to this, to this other plane Mm -hmm. where I was met with open arms and mm-hmm. we just partied for like four and a half hours. And this- Love that. Yeah. That's super yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> we actually just had a, a girlfriend of ours tell us that she was in like a, she was in ninth the- dimension, 12th, 12th dimension. dimension. And she was talking about the bird, the bird, the bird human. Bird people. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And also that flowers have faces there in sync. Yeah. Huh. yeah. She's yeah. a Pisces. Yes. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she definitely, she was like, She's dude, it Pisces. was so cool. We're like, yeah. I'm- I'm like, how do I get? How do I? Yeah, there a spaceship? There it is. It's there. It's Pinon Blanco. I think is the name of that. Is the name of that really? I I think Pinon Blanco actually is is more like a sulfuric sort of garlicky master plant that they use for like cleaning and cleansing. Mm. So I'm so I think it's probably Ajo Sacha, which is um which which is a succulent that has a lot of um a lot of mescaline in it so well and mescaline's a heart opener too so joy no wonder yeah. you were dancing all night it makes sense that's, that's so cool. all alone. right yeah. well and i think that's important to talk about too because like i think so many people like especially right now with like all the buzz of like plant medicine like i'm gonna go in and i'm gonna get healed and then it's like nope you're gonna go have a dance party because you just need to dance all night wow. have fun. it's yeah. never what you expect right exactly yeah. never yeah. that's my intention i keep asking sean what his intention was because <laughs> It's so important to have intention because these plants are conscious and we all have a laundry list of things that we need to work on. So that needs to be guided at like, what's at the top of your list and you know, what, what, what are you ready for this evening or that week or, you know, whatever, uh, it's, it's wild, but I also love, um, cause we have Celtic, I mean, obviously we're part Irish, German, you know, (laughs) pretty like European mutts. And then we've got. Um, our mom's Basque. And, you know, when I went down and did ayahuasca the first time I had a shaman who, have you ever heard of Aluchis? <laughs> They're little people in, in Mexico. Yeah. And there's mm. even articles written about that. They're like Mexican okay. leprechauns. They, they are. 
And he had never had them in his ceremonies. Ah. Never. And I was like, and they were all around me. I mean, like I was hearing, they fuck with you. It was like tapping. And like, I kept being like, what is that hooting? And like, what is happening? So the next morning he's like, yeah, I don't know who called them in, but there was Lucci's everywhere last night. And he was like explaining how, you know, they're little people that mess with, uh, they live on Mayan land. And anytime anybody builds on like Mayan land, like a bridge or something, and they don't ask the Luchis if it's okay, mm. like the whole bridge will collapse. There's actually an entire thing in Cancun where they built a mm-hmm. um, a whole retreat or resort and it was condemned because it was on the Luchis land, but mm. they're protectors of the light. They're a lot like fairy people or anything else. And I was familiar oh, with fairies and gnomes and things, but these little things look different too. And I could say, anyway, you can see them when you're in the other planes, but I was like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> what are these things? But it's funny, right? Because the, the, it's almost like the lines are starting to, to, to like melt, right? Cause we're becoming so many different cultures and things and the lines aren't drawn like they used to be. Right. Um. So when you said that, I was like, oh, that's funny. I wonder if, because a few of the the people that were there looked very European and very Celtic. Um, and the girl that I went was my mentor at the time. And, you know, she's very Irish and um, German. And it's like, I wonder if it was because there was so much Celtic blood there that it was almost like yeah. the, the blood was calling them in yeah. um, as protectors because they're ancestral protectors. And the, right. the shamans often have creatures of other planes. Like I saw jaguars and and, and snakes and all sorts of stuff that help protect the barrier so that darkness can't get in. And I'm curious if that was almost Celtic blood calling those into per- the ancestors protecting the bloodlines. Cause like right. you said, if you get into those planes and I actually had grandmother Aya yelling at me when I stepped outside of the smoke circle, <laughs> I was not safe and to get the fuck back in. And I was like, mm. I have a grandma cussing at me right now and I have to pee. And like, this is, <laughs> and I'm really high and I can't walk. And she's telling me like to get back in the smoke. It's not safe. And I was like, what do you mean? It's not safe. She's like, when you're this exposed and your lights on yeah. this high, it's not safe. And I was like, okay, but I have to pee. She was like, pee fast. And I was like, I've never peed so fast in my life. And then I was like <laughs> running back into like the yurt. Cause they, he, you know, there's constantly like smoke circles and the guardians are over there. Yeah. Um, but it's for real. I mean, yeah, I was like, yeah. what are there? They're like demons and things, but there was Luchis with me the whole time I went to the bathroom and they were like clicking awesome. and clacking things. Um, it almost reminded me of like Parent Trap, where they like smack the sticks together to stare, scare away the the cougars. It was literally like this like <laughs> clicking sound, and I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, but no, the wildest stuff happens. But now I'm curious because he said like these have never been here before. Like this is really strange. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's cool because we googled them and they're all over. They're, they're for they real. Literally have them like etched, like Chichen Itza and like all of that area. They have them etched. They look like little square. Little, they're kind of. They're very leprechaun-y looking, but dark skinned. Yeah. yeah, they're dark skinned, and yeah. they're like there's a lot of like mythical stories about them. But yeah, and they live. Was... They live in the dimensions. Yeah, yeah it's like it's yetis. Cool. Like yeah. yetis actually exist. I saw yeah. one in my Aya ceremony. Oh yeah, uh, that was that was crazy. I freaked out. Yeah, for a <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh my god, I only let in light, and it just like smiled at me, and then I crossed the threshold. But I was like, oh my god, it's gonna eat me. <laughs> Like there's so much weird <laughs> shit that happens, but me. the little people was so fun. 
Um, but I never really put that together until you just said that. See, and again, your ceremony, it, it continues for the rest of your life. Like sure. different things will pop up and they'll start to actually make sense of like, what the fuck was that? And then you're like, oh, right. That's what they were trying to tell me. I wasn't smart enough yet. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, if they if they knew if they knew that they could that they could present themselves in a way that connected with sort of your ancestral heritage, like, right. oh, she's going to jive with this sort of Celtic mm-hmm. uh, nature protectors, you know, these sort of these, these, you know, nature spirits, like, cool. Send in the luchies. Here they go. <laughs> they were so creepy, but so cool. And they could like climb yeah. things. They were like on the top of the yurt and like just all over the place. And I was puking my guts out, like leaning over the <laughs> yurt. I didn't want to leave the circle. And they're like clicking and like running around me. And I'm like, Bleh. like, <laughs> oh my God, there's like little people. Bleh. Like, it's, it's... <laughs> well, I think that's a, that's a really, um, I think that's like a really good thing to talk about too, is like the, the purging oh. and like some people, you know, they have these, like a lot of purge happen mm-hmm. and then some people don't, you know, like in your experience, Sean, like, did you have, I mean, you've done a profound amount at this point, um, you know, it, is it equal? Is it more on one side or the other for you? You know, like, how do you, how do you integrate that experience? I, um, I'm a little bit of an outlier. I'm an, I'm an extreme outlier here, actually. Um, I've never vomited. Um, lucky. (laughs) I mean, and I, I've, I've I've been in places where I'm like begging, begging to purge. Um, I've been close a couple of times, you know, like a little bit of a dry heave or, a, you know, sort of like a, bit, but never, never, nothing ever comes out. Um, and this is, you know, a hundred plus evenings now at this point. And, and I've, I've heard a couple of different things. So I've, I've asked about this a lot and there is a guy, there's one other guy that I know that is apprenticing now and he's never vomited either. And what he said is like, physiologically, he has some sort of esophageal alignment thing where he he physically can't. So like, even if he wanted to, he couldn't. And he's, it's gotten him in trouble in other, you know, like, you know, in his teens or his twenties or something like drank too much and couldn't. Yeah, that could could kill you. That's Got really sick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for, for me, so I've said like, I certainly can, I have, you know, um, it's not like I can't puke. I just, I just haven't yet. And, um, I've, I've talked to, you know, I've talked to, you know, decade, you know, 20 year people who I've, I've asked the question and, and you'll know, you'll know an experienced shaman when you ask a question and they don't give you an answer, you know, it's like, why? (laughs) <laughs> like, fuck, dude, like <laughs> I, I can't, I'm puked. Like I've wanted to, I've been close a couple times, but it's never really happened for me. And they're just like, Hmm, well, you never know. It's like, well, that's <laughs> totally, that's totally unsatisfying. Like, I want to know, like, what's the deal here? And they're like, I don't know, man. Like, just, you know, go back to your mat or, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know meditate, shut up, you know, leave me alone. Um, and, and, and so I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, I think someday that will come, you know, now I feel like with the, with the community that I work with the most, I feel like now they're kind of out to get me a little bit. Like they're trying to get me to puke because I, because they want me to have that because something is, you know, not releasing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it connects back to this, like, you know, potential for darkness thing that, that maybe it's that maybe it's something else. 
Um, but what I do do incessantly all night long is I yawn and weep. I yawn and I weep and I yawn and I weep. And I've had so many nights where I will wake up in the morning and my jaw is just absolutely killing me from these like, Ooh, like gigantic lion yawns, like one after another, like somebody goes up to the mat, you know, they, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I just might just begin to yawn. And, and so that's, that's my purge. Okay. I think that that's mm-hmm. one of mine. And then the other one is just weeping and it's not Mm. sadness. It's a purge through the old eyeballs. Kind of cool. Here's since we're telling stories. Um, One night I was weeping the entire night and I was on my back. I was, I was having, I was having a deep one. I didn't roll over. I didn't really sit up. This was kind of early in my experience and I was weeping basically all night long and I didn't move at all. And, um, I went to go use the bathroom and there was a mirror in the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and there was like a, there was like something here and I get up close and I pick it off the corner of my eye and it was a crystallized tear, like the tears that had been coming out of my eyes for hours and hours and hours dried up and crystallized into this like round salt ball in my, in the corner of my eye. And I just sort of like sat there and looked at it for, you know, I don't know, felt felt like forever, but I'm just like, Mm -hmm. this is it. This is the stuff that needed to come out like this. Mm -hmm. It it congealed, it condensed, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the stuff that I was working on that needed to come out, came out in this way. So that was like the physical manifestation. You know, I've had, you know, trips to the trips to the toilet for the number twos, but, but as far as um, as far as purging and vomiting, it's not, it's not ever happened for me, but, um, I understand and have had enough experience in like assisting people that it can mean a lot of different things. It can feel good. It can feel bad. It can be hard. It can be beautiful. It can be like this loving thing that you're like offering back. And, um, you know, the way that it's, you know, been explained to me is that the, it is it is the immaterial manifesting into the material inside your body. It is the non-physical congealing and condensing into this bile that you are accumulating inside of yourself that then you release. You know, maybe it's trauma, maybe it's pain, maybe it's doubt, um, maybe it's stress, all of these pressure, this stuff goes from an emotional state or a state of consciousness and just condenses and condenses into this physical form in which then you purge and let out. And I mean, I've, I've seen people laugh and purge and cry and purge, purge all night long and be super stoked about it at the end of the night. I've had people who have just, you know, feel like they've gone to the edge of their, life purging all night and and feeling like almost traumatized by the experience because it was so physically intense um so i think like you know if if i if there's a lesson in there it's it, it is to just allow it allow whatever that thing is whatever your process is if it's yawning or purging or weeping or stretching or moving is just to like allow like surrender 
to your expectations and just allow whatever it is to, to, to happen because it will happen in whatever way is right for you. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Maybe yours is just not puking. If that's, if that stuff's happening, I mean, that's a release all in itself. I've never heard of that, but it's like energetic. Yeah. That's yeah. Maybe I'll puke. Maybe my next time I will, you know, maybe <laughs> it'll be maybe, your time. Maybe, Don't maybe set the intention time. around puking. <laughs> yeah, right. Honestly, I was never happier in my life. When, <laughs> than when I was throwing up in an ayahuasca. Set. I was so happy. I was like, get it out of me. It was almost like mm. this. Well, in my, it wasn't actually black tar, but at one point I thought I was throwing a black tar out of my heart chakra. And I was so mm. excited to puke it out. I was like, get it out. Cause I was looking at it. Then I went back and checked the next morning. It wasn't black tar, but mm. hey, you know, in my, energetically in, in my Aya ceremony, it was black tar. I was like, yeah. how did that get there? Like, yeah. So you can when actually be when very happy puking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, one of the, one of the most glamorous parts of assisting during ayahuasca ceremonies is being the guy that goes up and cleans everybody else's bucket the next day. <laughs> I mean, you got to take care of that yourself, at least pour it out and rinse it out. But some people forget and they leave it in their bucket. And then Sean, Aww. because he's assisting goes and <laughs> cleans it up. And I've seen some gnarly, gnarly stuff in there. And you got to be careful, right? Because that you don't want to get it on. Yeah. You don't want to like, clean a bucket and itch yeah. your eye or <laughs> Girl, yeah. I would throw up. I I can't. I can't. Nope. No, nope. Nope. You're nope. worse than me. I can too. do blood, but I vomit. Ooh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it makes me even just like you guys talking about it. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's this has been why you're supposed to fast. Yeah. It's this one is... of the things that people usually, pee. I think, well, you know, you... you're not supposed to eat before a ceremony. You're one that you didn't, you ate before, didn't you? Yeah. Well, you're, you know, you're advised again, incorrectly. I, I speak about mentors and it being sacred and listening to your gut. Cause I did have a mentor that was like, yeah, it's fine to eat before a ceremony. And I was like, she's done it. I mean, I, this was my, actually my first ceremony. And I was like, oh, I guess I don't know. Even though mm. the shamans had sent a thing, like don't eat. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well, but you know, she's my mentor. She's eating. I should eat. <laughs> Whoops. Mustake. <laughs> mistake i mean we did rape or hape as we say in um this land but i was thrown up right after i mean i i was that was the yeah. first one vomiting everything up and i was like i made a mistake and the whole night i felt so sick uh and you know, we, we, I, I have no idea why she's able to eat and then go to a ceremony. I have my suspicions, mm. but I won't say I'm here. Um, yeah. Uh-uh. If you're crossing yeah. that threshold, you want your body light. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you do. The density is a food holds you here. And I think that's also why I needed three cups of Aya, my first ceremony to even feel anything was because I had eaten. Uh, just fuck, just do what the shaman tells you. Even if there's some white yeah. chick telling you like, you can eat before a ceremony. They're full of shit. Yeah. Like, it's not a gentle suggestion. No. When they say don't eat, when they say don't have salt or don't eat red meat or don't yeah. smoke weed or don't have sex, just don't just do don't, yourself a favor. Don't, don't do, don't do it. it. Don't just don't again. And I don't care if your mentor tells you differently. They don't fucking know. And that's arrogance mm -hmm. and run away from them. 
don't have them be your mentor anymore. It was a harsh lesson that I had to learn, uh, young and naive. But, uh, you know, if they're telling, if they're so egotistical and so arrogant that they're telling you to do something different than the shaman, you need to question working with them mm-hmm. because they're on a fucking ego trip. And I learned the hard way with her. And mm-hmm. it it was, it, it was a brutal ceremony to say the least. You don't want to be mm-hmm. nauseous for eight hours or however long yeah. I laid there. Felt like a lifetime, but uh, and then I've never had that since I've had like purging and stuff, but I haven't had that since as long as I don't eat. So I will yeah. vouch for shamans that know a lot more than I do. Don't eat. <laughs> don't Listen don't do it. Well, even the diet beforehand is so important like that, Huge. you know, like yeah. the no spicy foods and the uh, no red meat. Like you said, you know, there's no sex, no sex, no sex. That's no sex. No after scrolling, no, you know, TV. I can't think of the whole laundry list of it, but it is, it's, it, it makes a big difference. It does. It can't, it can't, um, you know, being the clear cleanness as possible where you go into a ceremony is, uh, definitely, it is definitely very important. Listen yeah. to the shamans. <laughs> yeah. Take it seriously. It's worth it. Right. And it's, and it's also like, just because your friends are doing it doesn't mean you need to do it. You know, if it's not, if you're not called to this plant or like working with any of them, you don't have to do it. Like it's right. not, no one's judging you. No one, no one really cares. Like, yeah, right. You know, yeah. you're, everyone's on their own journey. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that because if if you if you feel pressured or influenced or convinced to do this type of work, it's it's not going to go well for you. You know, no. like if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, um, that you're bringing that energy into that experience or subsequent experiences, you know, it's, it, I guess it, you know, falls into set, you know, the set part of set and setting. If your mindset is like, eh, I, I, I really like this guy. So, and he's going to go do it. So I'll go do it with him. Like, don't do it. That is going to, it, you know, it, it could be, it could be damaging for you. It can be just, dis- it can disrupt your life. It can disrupt your gut. It can, it can be, you know, it can be a rough one for you and, and that's okay. Like the, the, the motivation to get into this type of work should just come from you and you should think deeply about it, meditate on it, write about it, you know, talk to people that you trust about it. Don't, don't just take this. Don't just do it because there was a Netflix special and a book or a podcast that talks about it. And some dude was talking about intergalactic dance parties like <laughs> that that that's that that's not a good enough reason for you to try this and, and to do this type of work because it is it is work and it's yes. beautiful and fun and interesting and fascinating and at the same time like if you're bringing if you're bringing um obligatory energy into it it's 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 probably not the best thing for you so yeah that, i'm glad you said that yeah well you know and it, it was interesting i had a reading earlier this week from a friend of ours she's she's quantum she lives in the realms and you know I was talking to her about it and I said you know I'm thinking about going down to Peru and in sitting for a, a good amount of time and she was like you know just just make sure that it's in alignment with your life and I when she said that I was like oh that's so important to remind myself like making sure it's in alignment don't force it because then you're going to be out of alignment then like then it just gets chaotic and out of control and you're doing it with with not necessarily wrong intention but it's not going to be the best experience and it's it's leaning into that because you do know you know it you're this was 
for me, you know, it's like quite some time out, it's about a year out, but I, and it's also for two months and it's, that's mm -hmm. a long time, but I also don't know right now because I don't know what's in front of me. And so for people that are just like, oh, I'm just going to go down this weekend because so-and-so is having a ceremony in San Diego. I don't know. You know, it's like, also you have to give yourself a little bit of time to really yeah. be, be in alignment because it will fall almost, it almost falls in your lap. Like it, it really does. It's like, oh, hi, you're here. You know, it don't, don't force it. And you know, if, if it is something that you're interested in, you know, like reach out to people and, you know, find a community because it's so important to be around people that understand integration and, um, no, you know, having sat with it, not telling you that you're crazy. Cause that happens, you know, people are like, oh no, Aya is not true. Well, that's not your, that's not your space to tell someone that like tell, you know, and that's, it's, it's a very, it's very sacred medicine. Yeah. Well, it, it's a good rule of thumb for everything in life. Um, yeah. and not just plant medicine, everything in life. Like if you have to work yes, overtime, extra hard, push yourself, blah, 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 like it, 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 if you're like, you know, it's matter against matter, right? You're not even working in energy to make something happen. You're out of alignment. Um, yeah. you know, it, it's, it, you'll, you'll know, you'll know, but that yeah. starts with, you know, coming back, but I, there's plenty of people that work in these realms that don't have to use plant medicine. They're That's like, I mean, yeah. I've had a couple mentors that like, they're for, they're already fucking enlightened. I'm like, how are you? <laughs> I was actually talking to one the other day, but she's, she's like an angel or some shit. I don't know mm. what happened to her or like what she did right in past lives. But she just like gets it and she's never had to do plant medicine. She doesn't eat any kind of meat. I mean, she, she's like this pure little fairy creature that I'm like, oh. why are you even in this dimension? Because you like, <laughs> you're not, there's no density to you again, they, mm -hmm. they, but it's knowing that yourself and again, just good rule of thumb, anything in alignment will not, will come with ease and it might take yeah. some work and like creating of structure, but it's, it doesn't feel like you're climbing Mount Everest. Right. Right. essentially and, that you can't and, breathe and, there, and everything's off. Go ahead. There are so many safe legal alternatives to altered states yeah. of consciousness, you know, go to a drum circle, go sit for, for a sound That's bath, a go, go work with, you know, um, an intuit, an intuitive practitioner, go in a float tank. Like you want to get mm -hmm. weird. You want to get weird on yeah. your own on your own supply, you want to go get really weird on your own supply, go float three times next week. If you want to delve into consciousness a little bit, fast, exercise, hydrate, and go float in a float tank. You can go to flotationlocations.com to find a float center that's near you and go in there. It, it, I mean, that it's, it's so easy. It's so accessible. And it will give you a little bit of a taste of a natural altered state of consciousness. That's, that's different from meditation because you, when you're in there, you just, you just are part of the experience. You don't have to do anything other than breathe. You know, if you want to explore <laughs> um, altered states of consciousness or astral projection, and I've, I've turned so many people to this book, um, pick up, demystifying the out-of-body experience by Luis Monero. There is a whole like society and center dedicated to the exploration of, of astral projection. And everybody can do it. We do it every night when we sleep. 
and a float tank is actually a really good place to practice this. Um, this was something that I got into really heavily for like two years and was having nightly projections out of body with recall and cruising around through the astral plane and cruising around in the city attached by the silver cord at the base of my skull, going back to my body, like okay, looking Neo. at people. <laughs> yeah. It, you, it's, it is it's a real life this, Neo. <laughs> I love this. this. You can, this book explains what it is, why it is, how to do it, what to do. And you, and, and the key is, is that you can make this happen for yourself. It just takes adherence to this method. It takes a daily practice of, of doing this energy work in your body. It's called Velo Voluntary um, Energetic Longitudinal Oscillation, V-E-L-O. And it's basically sending energy up and down your body, clearing your body, charging yourself up so that when you go to sleep, you can project out of body and have recall. And I'm telling you, you want to go like meet your spirit guides and commune with entities, learn the tools to figure out who's good, who's not, and and what's going on up there. But there, you don't, you don't have to do plant medicines if it's, if you don't feel really called to it. Right. Well, and that's, I think, I think that's the thing, cause it's just such a trendy thing right now is that so yeah. many people are jumping on the bandwagon, but like, I've had insane meditations that didn't even touch plant medicine. Like, I mean, I've seen shit in meditation mm. where I'm like, holy cow, like there are so many different dimensions and entities and like, it, they just stack on top of each other and I'm completely sober. I'm just in my, that realm that floats between conscious and subconscious and I'm just so deep in it, but like, I'm still aware I'm, you know, but I'm not. And it's, it's, pretty remarkable what the mind can do when you're really actually in when you have intention and you start practicing these things and you're really just you get better and better and better at them actually mm -hmm. the few times i have seen demons has never been in a plant ceremony mm -hmm. it has yeah. always been in meditation mm -hmm. i go into gamma brain waves and i can see everything yeah. um <laughs> demons included, but it was never in plant medicine that I've, Interesting. I've never, I've personally never seen anything dark in plant medicine ceremonies, but I have in meditation, which is crazy. Hmm. Like, how is that even a thing? Hmm. Maybe because the luchis are around, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, they're, luchis, they're tapping, they're tapping, they're around. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but it, you get into these. Yeah. Mine are always when I meditate, I can see attachments on people. I can see, all sorts of shit that I don't want to. Um, but it was also understanding that I'm protected and that they can't, they can't, yeah. they, they're, they only come when they're welcome. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a thing. They have to be invited right. just like anything. The light has to right. be invited. The dark has to be invited. Everything needs an invitation, even if it's energetic. So it's, um, yeah, no, it, it I, if you're not ready to see them though, you won't, it's not a, yeah. It's not one of those things, but, but that, that's a very good point. I'm glad we talked about yeah. that. Cause yeah. you really don't need plant medicine. You don't, you we don't. You mm. absolutely do not like, I want to try a float tank. I have not been in a float tank that we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do it. And I actually am super interested in natural projection. So that's yes. fun. You yes. taught us get lots the, of things today. Get the I'm book, to go try read them. it. Oh my gosh. You, you're going to pick it up very quickly. The two of you are going to understand it really, really yeah. quick. Um, and and if you are going to go float, I would really strongly suggest you go float three times in a week to really understand because it takes yes. 
a couple of sessions to like get what we're doing and how it feels. And, um, but the, the combination of the two is incre- incredibly powerful and, and accessible to each of us. Like if you want to like project out a body, you can, it just takes a really, takes a full commitment and a strong will to get to that place. Um, but yeah, I would go, go float and read that book. I'm telling you, it has everything that you need to know. We're going to put it in the show notes. Shit's about to I want to read it. And Meg, I know is going to read it. And then everyone listening to this is probably like Amazoning it as soon as they look at the show notes of this episode. I live for weird yeah. stuff like that. I do. Yeah. I think it's great. Well, uh, Sean, this has been awesome. Yeah, I'm like has. super pumped on everyone mm-hmm. hearing this. Mm-hmm. And if anybody wants to learn more about what you do or if they have any questions or just overall with medicine or anything like that, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, super easy. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. It's real Sean McCormick, S-E-A-N, and then M-I-C-K at the end. And the website is seanmccormick.com. Um, I offer everybody and anybody a free 45-minute coaching um, session. I call it a, mm-hmm. um, a coaching strategy session. So mm-hmm. if it's like you want to just get help and understand something really briefly, or you're looking for looking for a life coach, performance coach, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a generalist. So I do a lot of, a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Um, but if you like the way I told my stories about (laughs) intergalactic dance parties or, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's work I love to do. It's what I was put on this earth to do. It's part of my soul contract. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm easy to find. I'm easy to find. I'm really responsive. Yes. And he'll be tagged on all social media and everything like that too. So it'll be, it's not hard to find him. He's, he's there. I'm there. There's only one of you. The real. Yeah. The real. That's right. <laughs> Not the fake. Not the fake. All right. Well, thanks so much, Sean, for being on our show. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. Again, this will be on Synchronicity Podcast on all major platforms, along with being posted on the Synchronicity underscore sisters Instagram and Synchronicity 222. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>make sure that you follow us at synchronicity underscore sisters on Instagram, along with synchronicity 222 on Instagram. That's our business page. It's a little more professional. And then of course, please subscribe to us on Apple podcasts and or on Spotify. We are on all major platforms. And then of course, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating and review the show for that other people that are out there searching for a new podcast to listen to. We hope you have a great day and we will talk to you guys all soon.